Hi, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Laura. And welcome to Is This Thing On? We're your new favourite weekly pop culture podcast. We're going to be breaking down all of the biggest entertainment and pop culture news stories every week. Pop culture is something that we are both hugely invested in and we hope you like listening to our unnecessary opinions on all of our favourite topics. We'll be dropping every Friday, so make sure you subscribe. Somehow it's already February and so much has happened. But the biggest thing that I think has happened in February so far is the fact that Ariana has just completely owned the first week of February. She released her fifth studio album, Thank You Next, on Friday. Her second album in six months. And it has all anyone has been listening to. I'm hitting you with some facts right now. That it currently occupies the entire top 10 of both the global and US Spotify charts. It was also the biggest debut pop album of all time on streaming networks. It was the biggest debut global for any female artist of all time on streaming platforms and has also reached number one in 84 countries. Like, she honestly just knows how to kill it. But the funny thing is, even though it's such a huge week for her, like, Al, as the resident Stan here in studio, like, you, it's nearly as big a week for you as it is for her. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not gonna lie. This week was stressful. We were stressed. We were anxious. We didn't know what was going on. Seven Rings came out. We were all a bit like, what the hell is this? You know, is she trying to rap now? Is that her vibe? You know, we're not going to talk about it too much, but the whole, you know, seven barbecue ringed finger tattoo thing. You know, these were all things. We were all quite anxious. Like, and like I said, it was the second album in six months. Like, that's the type of turnaround we haven't seen since like Rihanna was releasing albums every single year. Like, it's tough for an artist to do that. And, yeah, like it was stressful, but we are beyond happy. I'm saying we, just because I'm speaking for everyone now when I say this, we are all happy. It's a great album. It's being received well. The fans like it. The critics like it. She obviously likes it. And, you know, we're just we're really happy. I had the happiest day of my life on Friday. Well, really it was Thursday night for you because let's be honest, you listened to the leaked album. We're not going to lie. I mean, don't tell her that. <laughs> but yes, I was the first one to download it. I was on Twitter selling my body for a leak like a link like it was just I needed it in my life um and I don't regret a single thing I've bought it four times since then so you know yeah we don't mess with the standum but I have to say so as far as the album goes so I'm not a stan I'm a big fan of hers I respect her huge musically I think that like especially considering like I'm not gonna lie a couple years ago I used to say that she sounded like a chipmunk I revoke (gasps) the statement I know I know, I revoke the statement. I have a lot of respect for her. I love listening to her. But, controversial opinion here. Oh. I preferred Sweetener. (gasps) Oh no. I know. Laura. I know, but, but. So, like, obviously I have a few favourite songs and we'll compare our favourite songs and everything, but it's just, I don't know. Okay, so kind of give me your, like, in-depth vibe of the album. Okay, so, without totally crushing your opinion on the whole sweetener thing <laughs> you know that is i don't know i'm shocked um yeah i that i don't know for me this is so much it feels a lot more like her to me and i all i can say is i can compare my first listening experience of both albums and it happened pretty similar sweetener leaked uh, the day before it was supposed to come out and i listened to it that night as well don't sue me and um I remember going to bed really disappointed and I went to sleep and I was like, oh my God, like this isn't what I thought it was going to be. This isn't what I was hoping it was going to be. And you know, sometimes I think music takes a minute to grow on you and you have to listen to it. And sometimes you have to force yourself to listen to music to like it. And that doesn't mean that it's bad, but it just has layers and that you don't see it all. And you need to really 
invest time into to get the most out of music. And it could have been that, but when I first listened to this album on Thursday night, I was, I went to bed with a smile on my face. I was so happy with it. I was so content. And I knew even then, only after one listen, that the more I listened to it, the more I was going to like it. And that was something that I couldn't say about Sweetener. And to me, um, this album, it really, it, to, it highlighted how much I didn't really vibe with Sweetener. Interesting. And, yeah, and how much I'm willing to delete a lot of those songs and tracks Wow. Just off okay. the discography, do you know? Because the funny thing is, so I do actually remember when Sweetener came out and you were saying how the kind of standum was disappointed and kind of didn't like X, Y, and Z. And the funny thing for me was that I hadn't properly ever listened to her albums before. I kind of ever listened to the singles that did well in the charts. And that's kind of, I was like, mm, I'm not a big fan. So then when I actually got into Sweetener and listened to some of her songs, because another controversial thing, and this is kind of where our friendship gets strained, is I wasn't hugely impressed with No Tears Left to Cry. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's, your favorite song. <laughs> that's just the sound of Alex dying. Um, I know it's your favorite song. I know that you think that it just swept all the nations and that it was the anthem of 2018 did it not was it not not for me oh wow <laughs> see for me i don't know why but it was when i saw her perform god as woman at the emas that i was like whoa like whoa that this is the anthem of 2018 i don't know why it struck me as much as it did i think it was just like it was just so powerful that i was like okay i have to give sweetener a try and i completely agree with you that there are definite growers on the album but the thing for me is I love an album that has a grower because it makes me want to listen more to kind of be like, it takes you back each time to enjoy it. Mm. And with, with listening to the, Thank You Next, oh my God, it's called Thank You Next, isn't it? The album? It is yeah, called it's, Thank You Next, yeah. Okay, cool. Double checking. Just, just check. <laughs> but with Thank You Next, there's some that I'd listen to and I'd be like, oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. And I have this tendency of putting songs on repeat and getting a bit obsessed with them. So today, as I was listening to the album, I've put a couple of songs on repeat but then I haven't wanted to keep them on repeat. And that's kind of my music experience. So I'm kind of like... Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, to each their own. For me, how would I... Class- I t- to, if I was to classify the two of them, Sweetener, in hindsight, was maybe about like putting on a bit of a front, like this happy fate, like, you know, like a happy, uh, like a happy mask. And Thank You Next is more about like saying, fuck that fake smile. And you're just like, it's more real to me than Sweetener was. Sweetener maybe just because of what was happening around that time with Mac Miller and Pete and all and that drama always felt kind of hollow to me and mm-hmm. what I will also say is I would still say Sweetener, the highs on Sweetener are higher than the highs on Thank You Next for me uh, personally. But the, yeah no definitely I think that's just because like the tone of the album in particular I do yeah. love with Thank You Next how she is kind of moving more into the R&B zone as opposed to kind of the pop zone with her music and that she is kind of reclaiming what is usually kind of a masculine energy that she has said in one of her interviews where she's like, I just want to drop things like a rapper does. I just want to release music as it comes and not have to be like pinned down by release dates. So I love that because you do get that from the album. There is a, like a fuck you attitude to it. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate that. And I would. OK, so let's see. If I was to discuss my three favourite songs. And okay, I want so you're, as well. Yeah, you're going to give me your trinity of this album. Yes, the whole your trinity. Top three. You're going to distill this album into three tracks and I want to, like, I will judge mm. you from it. So. Okay, so I'm going to exclude the, oh my God, what's the word? I'm going to exclude the, no, oh my God, 
well, well, X is part out. What's it called when a person releases a title track? Not a title track. When single? Oh my god, single. Oh, single. Okay, okay. we got there. Okay. 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 Going back into it now. So I'm going to exclude the singles that have already been released because it's not really fair to judge them the same because you got so many different listens with them. Particularly mm-hmm, because that's fair. Her, her music is always on the radio and mm-hmm. rightfully should be. But so if I was to exclude them, my favorites would be realistically, Ghostin. Okay. NASA. Okay. And Needy. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Interesting. Okay. Like, I feel like I've gotten like a B plus from you there. Yeah, I feel like you've done really well there. I think <laughs> <laughs> I've like ticked the three that you've named. I've ticked. Um, I'll just throw mine out there, and we can get into maybe a deeper discussion of the songs. Mm-hmm. But mine would be Ghostin, NASA, and Bad Idea are my three. Are the three that I think gives you everything you need from that album. Um, I think if we're if I was to pick one. Ghostin is probably the most heartfelt and moving thing I think she's ever done in her whole career. I the think li- it the is, lyrics are beautiful. Yeah, I think it is stunning. Everything about it. It samples Mac Miller's 2009, which if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely listen to that. It's a great song, even if you're not really into that whole rap thing. Like, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's slowed down, it's distorted a little bit, and it's just, I, I don't know, I'm not ashamed to be that I cried the first time I heard it. It was so Aww. moving to me. And it's something that when I... Now, I know, like, look, we have this album literally three days, but it is the type of song that whenever I play or whenever it comes on, which I'll also be honest again, that I actually haven't played any other songs other than this album. I just, every day I get up, I just click into it and I just let it replay. But every time it plays, it kind of stops me and I find myself in this weird zone, this weird place. Because it just, I don't know, it just like, oh, I don't know what it does. See, at the moment, I'm like appreciating what you're saying. So I find that really sweet. And then part of me is also laughing because I always keep my Spotify open on my laptop and I have my laptop in front of me. And on Spotify, on a laptop, you get to see what people have listened to most recently. And I'm laughing because the most recent thing you listened to from her album was Seven Rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's just where I stopped. That Exposed. Initial... <laughs> Not Seven Rings. That was just where I stopped on that, that listen. No, don't get me wrong. Seven Rings is a bop. We bop. It comes on when you're out. It's a bop. We're gonna bop. Oh, um, yes. But yeah, Ghosting for me is it's on another level where it's so raw and emotional and everything I've ever wanted her to release. And I'm so glad that she did. And I'm so proud of her for doing it. And it sounds like I'm talking about her like I know her, but I kind of feel like I do. You know, we've been through the ringer, and it's just so. It's a to me. It's it's a perfect song. No, and I completely get because what I find quite funny for a lot of people, especially. The fact so we're in our 20s and a, a lot of people kind of I suppose, early 20s <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 20s we're in our 20s and people tend to not kind of factor in the fact that a lot of people within fandoms particularly of pop artists are actually in their 20s as well because you're relating to a person who's your age a lot of people just think that it's a whole like teen fandom type of situation so it's really nice when an artist like ariana who's only 25 has released some like god like just sorry look at the year that she's had how many 25 year olds go through everything that she's been through and then have so many lenses in her face so it's kind of cruel so for her to kind of release such honest and beautiful music is great Mm -hmm. and the fact that she did it like twice in the space of six months is pretty remarkable as well yeah that's crazy to kind of maybe move on from ghosting because i feel like 
whew, we're both in agreement, like amazing. Um, NASA is probably my most played song on the album so far. Mm-hmm. And what I would argue with you is that that song gives you and achieves everything that Sweetener didn't. I feel like it's kind of quirky. It's um, There's this kind of like speaky, rappy verses in it. It's kind of, um, it's kind of spacey, you know? Oh, yikes. But it is. And I feel like it really gives me, like, look, not to be like fuck for or anything, because I know we've all heard that, but I just think it literally eclipses, I'm sorry, another space metaphor. I didn't script this. It literally eclipses everything that was on Sweetener. For me, personally, it, it is everything that I wanted Sweetener to be. And it just, that's why I was so disappointed in that album, that it wasn't to that level. Okay, interesting. Because like, no, I, because the thing is, there's definitely a huge evolution from Sweetener. There's no denying that when it comes to the album. Yeah. I think it's just for me personally, I related to more of the songs on Sweetener and they delivered kind of, because the thing is, we differ in the fact that you love female artists over male artists usually, and I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. especially because I find it quite funny because there's definitely a more of a feminine energy to Sweetener. And yet I prefer that album. So I'm kind of like in flux here with myself being like, why is it that I prefer that? I don't know if it's just because she's so open about her anxiety with it or if it's just because the melodies of Sweetener are just so pleasing. I just feel that production on this in a way, not that it was rushed because it's still a very well-produced album, but there's times when you're listening to it and it doesn't sound like her, but not in a this is progressed kind of way. But I, there was times I had to double check to make sure that there wasn't an artist featuring on it with her because she doesn't sound the same. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. That was something that I felt, even actually not to dwell on NASA too much longer, but um, in the chorus of that song, when I first listened to it, now, granted it was very late at night and I was maybe a little bit out of it, but I was I did question whether I was listening to her or not and I had to check that there wasn't someone else singing on it. So I get yeah. what you mean by that. There's definitely a, like I wouldn't say rushed because I don't think it sounds rushed, but there's definitely a, like for me, Sweetener is very tight. It's very well produced and noticeably so. And I wouldn't necessarily say this about this, but that's not in a mean way, in a kind of, I almost respect it more so for that, that it, it feels way more honest to me. And it's not yeah. hiding behind these crazy Pharrell productions or these huge Max Martin productions. Instead, it's kind of her and a lot of this album was recorded with her friends. It's like her and her friends in a studio and just letting kind of their feelings and their voices take over. And I kind of respect that. No, that I would definitely agree with that. that this album probably out of all of the albums that I've listened to anyway, is definitely the most her. Her biggest stamp is on this because you can kind of tell what her music taste is. You can kind of tell where her music evolution has gone. And even just the fact that you've said that like a lot of the stuff that she recorded was just her in recording studio with friends. You can tell that not because of like how it's been produced in terms of quality, but you can just, you can hear that she's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think that comfortability comfortable aspect was something that I missed on Sweetener. It didn't sound like her to me, even though she, she's been quoted as saying, you know, that this that Sweetener album was her DNA. To me, it didn't, like, she would obviously know herself much better than I do, but it didn't feel like that. And I think because, the reason why I felt like that was, like I said before, about this kind of fake smile stuff, I feel like Sweetener was, you know, I have no tears, no tears left to cry, but really she did, you know, and it was trying to put on this front of this happiness. And we've all been there where you try to force happiness and it yeah. doesn't really work like that. Happiness isn't something that you just bring it out of the closet when you need it. It's a, it's a state of mind, lol, another reference, another quote. And 
I don't, I never felt like she was truly there, but yet the songs were trying to reflect that she was. So that's why I feel like I re- related more to No Tears Have to Cry, where it is that kind of weird middle ground, and that middle ground is reflected in the production of that song, where she's kind of over the kind of heartbreaking sadness of something, but isn't necessarily happy again, but she's yeah. over that sadness or breathing, which was, you know, the anxiety issue that she's dealing with. Like, they were the moments that stood out to me. Not something like Sweetener or Successful or Borderline. You know, none of these songs connected with me because they didn't feel real to me. There is not a single song on this album that I feel isn't a true representation of where she was at that time. And that's why I'm connecting with it more, I think. Okay. No, no, that that's, like, well justified, and I get that. However, I have to say, there's one song on the album that I think really lets it down. Oh, and I think it's Break Up With Your Girlfriend I'm Bored. Oh, oh wow. Okay, tell me more. Fill like, me in. See, I don't know. It just it kind of makes me feel like it's a bit of a bad reputation era kind of move in terms of like it's very just kind of lust driven. And not that I have like any problem with that. Like I love the fact like she has been an absolute queen at owning female sexuality. I love her for that. She's like gone strides above and beyond. Like she's brilliant for that. There's no, mm-hmm. no denying it. It just it feels like it was just a bit of a filler song. Okay, wow. Mm. I mean, I don't agree, but that's fair enough. For me, that song was initially a bit of an underwhelming experience. I was like, oh, because before we had heard it, we knew it was produced by Max Martin. It samples an NSYNC song. It was this whole thing. And I think we, as a music community, had maybe thought it was going to be this big, huge like moment and it is a moment but in its own kind of way Mm -hmm. it's not huge it's not kind of soaring melodies or big like bombastic max martin trademarked production that's not what it is but i think it gives you something that maybe isn't present on the rest of the album Mm -hmm. um have you seen the video yes okay so Okay, this, just to jump in really quick, not to cut over you, I, this is so irrational of me. I really don't like the actor who's the guy in the video. <laughs> oh, really? That's that guy from Riverdale. He's in yeah, Riverdale. We he... don't stand in Riverdale anymore. We've no. left that in 2017. No. 2018? 2018. Oh, that was left like at the door as soon as midnight came on. I was like, sorry, guys, like you're out. You've been kicked out of the party. But Oh, wow. Yeah, no. See, the thing is... I, Okay, I feel like I'm going off base here, so we'll bring it back to the video in a second. But I follow him on Instagram, and he just has a face that annoys me. So I also question. He does have an annoying face. He does. He really does. He does. He's got one of those kind of like arrogant faces. So I'm definitely. He does have an arrogant face. He does. He does. Yeah. No, he does. You're right. And it's even. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've seen him in Riverdale. He's not particularly likable in that either. But yeah, that's fair. I actually don't. I don't mind him in the video because he doesn't have any lines or any real acting to be done. He's just no, kind of standing there, looking handsome. No, his face is there. <laughs> yeah, he isn't particularly. His face is in the video. He, um, yeah, no, I understand that. Well, for me, the video, like, it's weird because it's like the video at the end. Like, it's clearly the the girl is supposed to look like Ariana, so she has the same tattoo on her neck, same ponytail. You know that we've, like, of course, signature ponytail. Yes, yeah, signature ponytail. Um, and so. Like we've like you've seen this because I think a lot of the fans when we heard the song had the same reaction that you had to that it's a bit kind of you know I don't know if the energy that it's giving off is the right energy mm-hmm. maybe is I don't know how that's a wording that works but they've kind of turned it into this like self love anthem where she's like basically being like 
she's willing her boyfriend to break up with her so that she can focus on herself. Yes. And that's how I've come to terms with that song because it's not necessarily a, a particularly um, likable trait to like to break up relationships. Exactly. Like it does go back to Dangerous Woman with them. Um, oh, what's the song? This one in particular. Oh God. Oh my God. This one in particular and she's basically just like you're in a relationship with someone but let's just have sex one more time. OMG. Oh my God, what's the song? Anyway, irrelevant. But kind of, so that's why for me it kind of goes back to Dangerous Woman. And as soon as I'd read a fan theory of how the video represents how she's actually talking about like she wants her own boyfriend to break up with her so she can focus on herself. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a good message. But the thing is, I'm like, you don't get that without the video. I would, yeah, I would agree. That's why I find that it's a bit of a filler. That's why it feels like a filler song to the album for me because you don't get that message yeah i would agree it probably is the one that lacks it doesn't stand on its own very well mm. um it doesn't seem to be particularly like there's nothing particularly ariana about it like there is no like even seven rings which is like okay controversial but it has like it's a biographical so it it's by its very nature reflects her this well we don't know but from what we know about her it doesn't really reflect her as a person so maybe that's why it feels and especially it's at the end that's the one thing i would say let me be critic uh, criti- i was gonna say critical that's not a word <laughs> critical for one second um it doesn't make any sense at the last song of the album it makes yeah. zero sense i don't know what she's always been weird with sequencing it's always been the thing that she doesn't seem to get it also for anyone who doesn't know she has she's renowned for like she has very poor taste in her own music um and it's that and sequencing are her like two downfalls. It makes no sense being the final song. I think Thank You Next would have been a, a really lovely send off. I also think Thank You Next would have been a great opener. Mm. And I would I, like imagine as a number, as your 12th track, your final track would have been really quite moving. But I know I she's gone with that. that. Imagine was the first one, but I do agree that I think feel, I feel Thank You Next should have been the closer. Yeah, I think it definitely doesn't work where it is. And maybe people's reaction would, to it wouldn't have been as kind of like lukewarm had it happened at like track nine. Yeah. As opposed to the final, the last, the thing that sends you off from the album is that song. And it doesn't work in that context. Yeah. Okay, I know that I'm absolutely hyped over anything to do with the Grammys and that this year was like a massive year for me because I'm not going to lie, Sean was involved, so I was always going to take it too seriously. But I'm actually really excited by just kind of anyone who got nominated. I feel like it was a really well-rounded year. Yeah, I feel like initially, maybe before, at least like on forums and stuff that I'd be involved in, um, like before the ceremony, I feel like the Grammys were dead. They were over. Like no one wanted to be involved. We had the whole Ariana Grande um controversy we had last year um the head producer saying that women need to step up we had people like Kendrick Drake um refusing to attend and perform so like I feel like the energy was quite low around the Grammys but I think after the ceremony I feel like across the board I think everyone's pretty happy I don't know if I'd say that the energy was particularly negative but that's just again like you'd probably be more into forms and everything than I would I would more just kind of be taking the energy from Twitter but I just feel that there wasn't much hype to it this year. I feel like it kind of just just kind of got lost in the shadows of just the award ceremony kind of time of year, you know? Mm, yeah, it's a busy time of year. I feel like they've managed to do a pretty good job with what they had to do. I feel like, 
you know, the Grammys are always very... Look, uh, people can drag the Grammys, but everyone wants a Grammy. Everyone who's in music wants a Grammy. Oh, gotcha. And... Like, it is, it, it's like the biggest accolade you can get as a musician. Yeah. I think they did overall a really good job. I think so. And to be honest, I actually really enjoyed watching the Grammys this year. I thought the performances were fab. I thought that... Like I, I, and I'm sorry, but I love Alicia Keys, and her being one of the presenters absolutely just took the biscuit for me. <laughs> took the biscuit. We love that. Took I the biscuit. She, yeah, it was a little bit like the Alicia Keys shows, but like, no, she did. I've she did good, and James Corden. You know, I'm one of the few people I think that actually likes James Corden. I love him. Yeah, I like James Corden too. He but gets such a bad rep. He does. I like him, and I think he did pretty great too. And I'm pretty much happy with the winners of each category as well or at least all the major categories so am i like there's a couple of things that i definitely want to comment on not even so much as like far as the winners go but more just kind of how they programmed the whole ceremony i'm just kind of a bit i won't say confused by but i don't really like okay the biggest thing i want to talk about is the fact that mac miller's parents were there mac was obviously he was up for nominations and everything but i don't understand why they didn't have a tribute to mac okay and Pretty, I can only kind of think of any other year where like a, a large musical presence has passed that they have honoured that musician in some sort of way. And mm. I just thought it very sad that his, that his parents were there. Like even Ariana wasn't there, who would have been obviously a huge support system to them. I can imagine they probably would have sat together for all I know. In, in my little dream world, they did. But I just feel like it was just a wasted opportunity because... Like he he was a part of so many musicians' lives, you know, across the board of so many different genres. So I just thought, why why not pay tribute to him, even in some sort of speech? Well, in fairness, I know that Cardi did, but otherwise, I'm kind of like, like it was not just kind of a wasted opportunity. Do we think maybe Ariana was supposed to do a musical tribute to him, and with her not attending, that might have maybe thrown that plan asunder do you think that's a possibility i'd love to say it was because i think that would have been magical but at the same time i imagine that would have been so horrifically hard for her to have done yeah it would make sense not going i feel like if that was um what the producers wanted and were fairly um adamant in that i can i understand why she couldn't attend i don't know though i feel that they wouldn't have tried to force that on her because like everyone regardless as to how heartless you are and i'm sorry la but that comes across as just a bit of a soul-sucking place to me haven't been there can't really comment but here i am commenting but i just feel that that would be an incredibly cruel thing to ask of someone so i can't imagine that's the reason now again i will obviously never know but i feel Mm. that's not the reason i feel it goes back to what we were saying before that they wanted her to perform stuff from sweetener Maybe, yeah. That are probably a, a nicer um, idea to think that they're wanting her to do like other songs as opposed to trying to strong arm her into doing a musical tribute that she's probably not ready to do about her recently deceased ex-boyfriend. Very true. Mm. Do you think the reason why she kind of popped, popped off on Twitter about Cardi winning Best Album is because of Mac or because of Nicki? Um... Because obviously you're you're the stand, so you kind of know better history as far as it goes. But I'm very curious as to kind of what the rationale could have been behind that. What's the what do you think the rationale is? Well, I'll, what someone was saying to me because I try not to invest in beef because it taints my view on 
musicians that I love and she's one of them but someone was saying to me they think it's because of the fact that she's so close to Nikki and because Nikki is not only just like a collaborator of hers but also a friend that that's why she popped off but I had forgotten about the fact that Mac and Cardi were nominated in the same category so could it be because of that yeah well like we can we will probably jump into the categories pretty soon but uh, I would have my own grievances with Cardi winning that Grammy um, separate to all those things and I think you know, if Ariana is as invested as you might think that she is with Nikki and Mac, I can understand her slightly, you know, coming for Cardi on Twitter. But I, I don't know. I wouldn't read too much into it. I don't like to read. Th- uh, we, and at the end of the day, we will never know unless she comes out and tweets some- it again or, you know, that she clarifies it. We won't know the reasoning behind it anyway. Yeah. So then I suppose going to Best Rap then, why? what would your grievances be then with Cardi having one? I feel... Cardi's presence undeniable her success is undeniable but when I feel like you read the nominations for best rap album I just don't think you pick her out as the winner so for me is her album deserving of a Grammy over Astroworld or I don't want to say Drake because I feel like you know no Drake shockingly wasn't actually nominated this year no way. No, he wasn't. So it was Cardi B, Mac Miller, Nipsey Hussle, Pusha T, and Travis Scott. Okay, Pusha T. I mean, like, come on. So we're talking Pusha T. And we're talking. We're talking Travis Scott, and Cardi is the one that wins that Grammy. Now, I liked the Cardi album, but I'm not a fan of rap, so that's why I liked it. <laughs> you it's... know, it's this is best rap album, and I think even I know she didn't release the best rap album of the year. But this is a the thing about the Grammys is that there will be huge swarms of people. You're always, I feel like they're always caught in this weird space where do we give to whoever is deemed like most popular, you know, chart success yeah. or streams or video hits, whatever it is. Or do we give to someone who we actually think has actively made the best album? Because sometimes they don't mesh well and you just end up upsetting people or you don't make enough people happy with your choice. And it's, it is a, it's a tough gig. No, it, it definitely is. And especially because I'm the same. Like, I wouldn't usually listen to rap. There's, like, a handful of rappers that I would listen to actively. And I can't say that I have listened to all of the albums that were nominated. So I can't even say which the best one would have been. But I think it is a fair assessment to say, have they just given it to the most commercially successful? Because she blew up. I won't say overnight, because obviously she was working hard for a long time. But she, for me at least, kind of came out of the woodwork. Mm. Okay, so do we want to talk about the other major categories from that night? Yes, we should do. Okay, so what are we thinking? Record of the year. This is America, Childish Gambino. What's our thoughts? Okay, for me personally, I am delighted by that because of the fact that it was such a politically moving song. And I think Mm -hmm. the year that it came out in as well, there were so many grievances just with what was happening in the world that to kind of highlight something that was happening in America with American and then like an American musician, all of this for me, it was just, it was the right win for me, I think. And I think that it was really well produced. And I know that the music video doesn't play into record of the year, but the music like video as well was absolutely mind blowing. Mm. And it didn't even improve the song in terms of, you know, how sometimes you need something to make a song make sense. Like what we were talking about earlier on with Ari uh, break up with your girlfriend. Like these were just two, brilliantly made pieces of art as far as like the song went and the video went and they just blended together so well so I'm delighted yeah I'm I'm pretty happy with that I mean 
if I'm being really honest, I feel like every song nominated in this category could have won, and I would have been fairly okay with it. But I think Charles Gambino, I think we're happy there. Yeah, no, we are 100%. However, you now you say that you would have been happy with anyone winning within like record of the year or like song of the year. But would you have been happy with, I'm going to look at the list again, would you have been happy with Shawn Mendes winning? Because I know you didn't like his third album. Is he nominated for record of the year? No, song of the year. So, but song they, of but the year. Both, so let's move on to the song. Didn't oh, they? yeah. This is America won song of the year as well. Yeah, it did. Okay. No, I wouldn't have been happy there. <laughs> <laughs> but song of the year. Okay, we're, this is a different category. Different category. This America also wins here. Yeah. Um, I always find it strange that sometimes that happens actually quite often that the same song wins record and song of the year. And then you kind of question, well, what is the difference? I often think they don't even, even the Academy doesn't really know what the, what difference, the difference is. is. Yeah, that's fair because when that's why I confuse the categories so much because are they not essentially the same thing? Or is that just like a naive they, assumption? No, I feel like they appear to be. I think often like we would want the Grammys to use the two categories as a way to recognize two different songs. Yeah. So you might have, for example, from like, like that for this is America record of the year to me could kind of imply that maybe there there's more in it. So like the video maybe is being considered, um, as like a package, a package deal, if you get me. Yeah. And this is America's package deal is really strong. And this is record of the year. Now, song of the year, you could maybe give to a more song focused. I feel because I I know you, what you just said about the video, but for me, the video was hugely influential in having people talk about the song, but also talk about like political aspects of American life and stuff like that, and really engaging with that song yeah. on a kind of very grassroots level. I feel like the video really did that. I suppose you're right. I suppose. Because for me, I was kind of introduced to the two of them more or less at the same time, i say within a week span of each other. So maybe that's mm. why I'm kind of saying that they didn't need to kind of be like rub off each other as much to kind of hit home a message. But I suppose when you kind of look at it in in an over an overhaul that you're right, yeah, that the that without the video, that maybe maybe it wouldn't have won. Mm. I don't know. So, but I feel I would be confident in saying, in my own opinion, that I would have been happy with any other song other than Shawn Mendes winning Song of the Year. <laughs> um, and I would have been happy. Had now, if I'm being honest, if I, in hindsight, so this is America gets record of the year, my song of the year. Like if if, if you kind of scratch it out, I feel like Shallow was right there, but also all the stars, Kendrick, SZA, like anyone who knows me knows how I feel about SZA, like. We worship her and I would have loved to have seen her win. But other than that, I'm still, I feel like I can't begrudge Charles can be not anything there. So I'm happy out with that as well. Yeah. All I know is that when I found out that he had won, that was the first thing I texted you. I was like, oh my God, this is America won. And your response was Casey Musgraves won album of the year. Why are you texting me this? Casey Musgraves, my little yeehaw queen. We love her. We sat her. We went to see her. The two of us went to see her oh, in she was November. A- yeah. I, I, wept when I heard that she won album of the year I have never been so happy or proud of anyone musically in my life I was just so I think I had texted you the night before and I was like if I wake up and she's won I'll genuinely be ecstatic and I was so happy and I've seen a little bit of pushback on Twitter and stuff about um because she's not as well known. this is what we were talking about earlier maybe with the Cardi thing that if you don't give it to someone as like commercially successful you kind of get people 
kicking back fans uh, yeah exactly but i think anyone who's listened to that album critics fans just casual listeners i think across the board i think we're all pretty happy that she won and i'm happy that everyone is happy it's a beautiful album and the thing is i'm trying to think kind of ever since i started paying attention to the grammys when the last country artist won album of the year and Mm. i can't think of it off off the top of my head and just she kind of transcends more than just a country album because but it's pop but it's also it's just it's just so soothing her voice is great and just she makes music that other people aren't making at the moment so yeah so did I expect it to happen? No. And I won't lie about that. Like, would I have loved it for her the night before? Of course I would have. But I'm delighted that she did because she's making music that we, that isn't commercial. So I'm hoping now because she's won this Grammy that she'll get more traction. Yeah. I think what's happened is, like, uh, just for her story, even I invest in. So I'm not going to lie. We weren't Casey Musgraves fans before this album. I remember hearing High Horse and I just loved it and I kind of knew I was going to invest myself a little bit into her and then the album comes out and lo and behold this album comes out and it's really well received and it's more than a country album to pick up on what you're saying is like she's a country artist in the sense that her instrumentation is influenced by country her melodies her life you know is a very kind of country star life but she's not stereotypical in the sense that she's not played on country radio so country radio in America don't play her because she's seen she's very like pro LGBTQ she's kind of not pro drugs but she references drug use and is open in her admittance to using drugs and this is stuff that a lot of like you know these kind of like yeehaw towns don't really get involved in Mm. so she hasn't even gotten support from the community that she probably would have thought she was going to rely on the most yeah and then to see that audience aren't who we yes exactly and then to see an album that she's made be accepted and loved by a kind of wider general music listening audience is just really warming and i love that yeah no i'm really proud of her and i think it's also quite funny the fact that um say for instance she was the at least know in north america anyway she was the supporting act for um harry styles who's kind of like one of the most like mainstream male pop artists at the moment. He hasn't received any Grammys. And at the same time, I'm kind of a bit sore over that because I thought his debut album was very good. But she's the one that like supporting acts, like either kind of they they flop or they make it. And she's she's beyond made it. Like she won, what, three Grammys? Mm. Like it's it's incredible. And so I'm kind of loving the fact like that she's just kind of propelling her way through the stars. Like she is this, She's in her late 20s or something like that, isn't she? Yeah, I think she's 29. 29. She's like this woman from, I'm going to say, small town, because in my in my head she, she is. And she's she's just out there and she's just kind of stomping all over more mainstream albums and she's just killing it. And it's, I think it's fabulous. Mm. Um, so other notable, notable wins. Um, the Carters, everything is love. So Jay-Z's whole 0 for 8 shit. We're over that now. We've won a Grammy. Even if, you know, he needed Beyonce's help to do it. It's there. We've got it. It's happened. The drought is over. We're happy for them, I think. We yes. love that album. Um, Ape Shit is great. Um, Summertime, amazing. So, like, we're happy for them. Um, anyone else we want to just call it quick attention to? I mean, well, Drake I wins like it's for best rap to, song. I think it's quite easy to uh, draw attention to Lady Gaga. But what, the reason why I find it kind of funny to draw attention to her is I'm so happy about the fact that she won both best pop solo and best pop duo performance <laughs> and for like now in fairness they're for two different like two different things one's for joanne and one was for shallow but i'm just kind of like yes lady gaga just get it just clean, clean just, it up just clean up the ground clean up all those if i could say one thing about 
well, actually, let me say two things about Lady Gaga. First of all, the performance of Shallow. I don't know what went on there, but I don't think that's what we wanted. No, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. And it's strange for her to do a bad performance. Like, uh, it, it was just what it was weird, you know, the kind of really glitzy leotard. Yeah. It was like, what is going on? It doesn't suit the tone of what the song is supposed to be. No, definitely not. And the second thing I would say is, we don't need to be overcome with emotion every time you win any award. So what I mean by that is, we've seen her recently, you know, she won at the SAGs. She went to the Golden Globes. Yes. And I feel like we saw some tears and some fears, if you would. But I'm allowing that. But the Grammys, you know, I, th- I think before this, she has like six Grammys or she has either a total of six or before this, she had six Grammys. So this isn't something new to her. This isn't a new type of... Uh, experience and yet we're, she's walking upon the stage and she's like uh, like she's in bits like and I don't know somebody, I'm like okay maybe it's because she's an actress now I'm like are you acting here <laughs> or is this a genuine reaction you know but that's my two things we're very happy for her I think she deserves it Joanne as a song I remember the first time I heard that song and just being blown away by it it is gorgeous and moving and uh, very sentimental so I'm happy that that is the song that they chose to recognise from that album Yeah, and I think um as far as the shallow is concerned, I mean, you know, it's undeniable, really. No, like, to be honest, I was quite surprised that it didn't get Song of the Year. And now, in a way, I'm happy it didn't because I feel it was just so fueled by the film. Now, it was fantastic, but I'm, I am still, again, happy that This Is America got it because I feel that the message behind it is more important to promote. But, sure, look, swings and roundabouts. I'm delighted that she's getting her creativity and her artistry recognised, and I think that's fantastic. But mm. I still kind of am very shook over the performance just because it is very kind of quintessential Lady Gaga, but I feel it should have been more of a Joanne moment. Do you get me? In terms of kind of stripped back, taken back a little bit kind of to her music notes as opposed to her performance notes. Mm-hmm. And I just feel it was the wrong message for the song, but... Yeah, it did just, it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't suit the tone. No. I think it the tone was kind of it was strange. It was like no, yeah. I think we're in agreement there. It was almost like she jumped off that Super Bowl stadium and she landed and she did the shallow and it was exactly. weird. It was very strange. But I mean, we want that one kind of slightly dodgy performance um colour our opinion of that lady. No, I think not. performances on the whole I'm pretty happy with. Oh um, definitely. Like my now again, I'm not even trying to be biased here, but I thought the in my blood performance was sensational. sensational you say now the reason I said that is because well first of all I think now obviously we know this now I'm a stan I pay attention hugely to the Mendes the Mendes community but the thing is I've seen so many live performances of this not live sadly but online or as they were happening and his vocals were the best they probably have ever been in terms of especially towards the kind of more crescendo climactic part of the song. But even getting Miley Cyrus roped into that, their vocals blend together so well. Miley's voice is in, like, it is great. I feel like she does a really good job of just singing in general. I think she's a really good singer. And the song is good. Like, I mean, like, look, it was nominated for Song of the Year, so it's not a bad song. It just isn't my wheelhouse. It's your wheelhouse. Mm. And if you're telling me it's the best performance you've seen from him vocally or whatever, let's take it. Let's take it and run. Yeah. Like, um, I, I would love to just take soundbite after soundbite. But to be honest, this episode would end up being like five hours long if I was to do so. So I think <laughs> we should just take me at my word. 
and just go with the fact that it was an incredible performance of that song as far as what he's done so far. Perfect. The other thing I would like to call attention to just very quickly, can Camila Cabello please stop performing Havana? Like, please. Okay, I have thoughts on this. So, I personally never really liked Havana as a song. It just was never for me. It's just not the type of music that I listen to. And I do think, now, I do think it was a great opening number for the Grammys for two reasons. It's a song that is just, it's so simple in its musicality that kind of, it's very enjoyable because it's just, there's, there's no bells and whistles to it. It's just a plain pop song. That's, that in essence is what it is. So kind of anyone from any range of kind of whatever target audience they are, they're going to enjoy it for the three minutes that it is because it's just a very simple song. But I also found out that she's the very first Latina woman to ever open the Grammys. And that just blew my mind because I, first of all, I was thinking, how? Mm. Wow, that's really shocking. And secondly, I was like, yeah, get it, girl. Like open those Grammys with whatever heckin' song you want and go with the one, the one that's like kind of quintessentially your Latina vibe, you know? This is true. Yeah, I would agree in that it, Look, as a performance, I think it's a good performance, but I'm just sick of her peddling that song back out. I feel like that song has been around for like, it feels like, for, like, feels like forever. And I'm, I don't know, it's just like, it do, It worked in like its position in the show card. It works as the opening act. It works as a song that you do live. It's It was huge. It makes sense for her to do it, but there's something about it. It's like every time I see her name anywhere, I know what song she's doing before it she even starts and i'm like you have an album to promote your album is nominated like you know let's hear something from that or let's even do a quick medley like because you probably would have people who would be upset that she didn't do havana as equally as much as i'm perturbed that she did but it's not you know i don't know i feel like it just lacks a little bit of imagination like she you know the producers ring her up she's like yo i can do it you want me to do it let's go let's do havana it's not even a question i feel like is it even being questioned what song to do um no i think that's fair but i suppose my big question is then was it the producers that kind of pushed havana and she just kind of didn't push back or did she actually want havana because a lot of people and especially i wouldn't kind of be big into her fan base camelizers or whatever they call themselves but i did notice a lot on twitter that a lot of people speculated oh is she going to do consequences because that was her most recent um what's her single from the album so i'm kind of wondering like was it producers was it camila or was it the two because it, it wasn't a weak choice, but now that you've said medley, like a medley of songs would have been a lot better. Mm. I think that's a question that we will never know the answer to. Yeah. Another another question that we will never know the answer to. I just think I would like maybe a little bit more artistry from her is what I'm saying. And maybe on the whole, that's not what I'm getting. And even something like Consequences to me, I'm like, mm. See, I, I feel like she could do with a really good manager is what I think that she would really benefit from. I Someone who would push her why... in the right way. Yes, but I also think the reason why they didn't want to do consequences, just kind of going off like a logical standing point here, is that you couldn't open the Grammys with consequences. Mm. You just couldn't. So unless it was a case of they just really wanted her to open the show, because the thing is, Havana, it hypes up the mood. Like It's a feel-good song. It's peppy. It's got the right beat to kind of put you in a good mind frame before an awards show. So I'm kind of trying to think what other songs... Or what other albums there kind of would have been a good opener. Like it's just a very, it's 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 just it's a, oh god! Like I feel like I'm gonna be insulting the poor woman, and that is not my aim because I do like her, but I just feel it, it was it was the easy and simple choice. Definitely a simple choice. Yeah. Um, just another quick performance that I would like to call attention to: uh, Saint Vincent and Dua Lipa. Wow, 
three minutes of like pure and utter like sex appeal i think in that like three minutes like who would have first of all the only thing that kind of ties those two hours together is their like bob haircuts yeah but it just worked really well and i was shocked but like really pleasantly surprised okay controversial over here from me but um i didn't like it oh no no it's not that okay i suppose i didn't anything it i didn't feel for it like the two of them obviously both looked sensational but i there's nothing that draws me back to wanting to rehear the performance like i don't want to like look up on youtube and be like oh my god i need to watch this again it was so good i saw i didn't even watch the whole performance i just wasn't struck by it i watched various clips from it and i was just kind of like okay cool yeah i can i get that i'm actually if i'm being really honest i haven't watched it back either so i guess that's telling on how um invested i am in that but i mean again just to really like really nail it down i think we're overall really pleased with how the grammys went this year oh definitely. we're happy with album of the year we're happy with casey Musgraves winning everything that she needed to win we're happy with sean's performances of course always we're happy with ari winning her first ever grammy yes which is also shocking but yes we are we are we're happy with all these things so well done the grammys i think well done the grammys and i think for me it lived up to the hype that i put into it i hope it lived up to the hype that you didn't put into it in terms of yeah. you didn't really have emotion. The only way it was up. The only way it was up. And I hope we finished on a high for you because for me, we did. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good year. Perfect. Okay, I feel like that's enough. That's okay, yeah, no, that's fab. Perfect. I'm going to end recording. So that was our first ever episode of Is This Thing On? We've been talking about the podcast for a while now, and this is what we are endearingly calling our pilot episode. There are some lumps and bumps that we will be ironing out, but we hope we've piqued your interest enough for you to catch up with us every week. That's us for now. See you back here on Friday, and don't forget to subscribe.